Uh, stopping by our store, we've got uh, Bob McManus and uh, Gillian Wales. Uh, very good morning to you. Good morning to you too. Morning. morning. Great. Uh, thanks very much uh, for uh, talking to us here on Bishop FM. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your stall here and what people can expect if they come down to have a chat to you. Do, do, do you want to take it, Bob? Uh, well, on the stall, we've, uh, we've brought along uh, four of the books that Julie and I have written together. They're all about mining art or associated with it. One is about the Spennymoor Settlement, which was uh, um, a, a group in Spennymoor which had an art class to it. So uh, that was really you know, our reason for writing that particular book. Um, but the other books, uh, one is about Norman Cornish, who most people have heard of and is probably yes. the most famous of the mining artists. And the other is about uh, our local hero, as it were, Tom McGuinness, uh, who was a wonderful mining artist as well. The other book, the third book, is more of an anthology. Um, it's a, a volume which contains little biographies, or quite big biographies, um, of over 70 mining artists. Uh, because when we started researching this, um, we realised that there was an awful lot of, uh, of artists out there whose work was more than competent and sometimes excellent, about whom nothing had been researched and nothing had been written. So. In true style, we thought, well, you know, we'll just do this ourselves. And we spent the last 30 years doing it. I mean, mining is is something um, steeped in history, isn't it? Um, Gillian, just tell us a little bit about the Mining Art Gallery, because I, I know you, you were one of the um, creators, founders um, with it. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how it came about and... and uh, a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, well, as Robert was saying, we, we researched and wrote about mining art before we started to do that in 1996 when we did our first book on Tom McGuinness, the local mining artist from yeah. Bishop Auckland. And he was the catalyst who got us interested in the genre of mining art. As Robert said, we realised after we'd written the Tom book that there were all these other artists out there that nobody had ever researched or written before. So that's when we spent five years researching and produced Shafts of Light mining art in the Great Northern Coalfield, which, as Robert says, includes the work of over 70 mining artists. But not only did we did we write about the genre, we actually actively began to collect works. Uh, the first one we bought was a very large painting, an oil painting by Tom McGuinness himself. It was painted in the 1960s, basically during Big Meeting, with hundreds of figures on there. It's a fantastic picture. It's a huge picture. It's about six foot by two and a half foot. Yeah, it's about the size of a door. Anyway, that was our first painting. Uh, and over the years, what happened is, with subsequent books, we used the profits from those books to actively begin to buy mining art. But we were very, very fortunate because speaking to a lot of the artists and the families that had appeared in the book, so many of them realised that what we were trying to do was to preserve our heritage, in fact, yeah. and how important that was to the region. And they actively began to donate works to us. So ultimately our collection numbered 424 items, um, all stored in a secure place, which I can't reveal, because it was a secret. Uh, but obviously our ambition was to have somewhere to actually show the work. There's no point in having art if you can't look at it, that was the main thing. Um, so we, we used to give various talks, didn't we Robert, at the end of which I always used to say, if there's a millionaire in the building, sorry, if there's a millionaire here and they've got a building that they've got no use for, can they come and see us at the end? And of course nobody ever did until the wonderful Jonathan Ruffer, Jonathan Ruffer yes. you know, philanthropist, millionaire financier, obviously began by buying the Zerberan collection, which Robert could probably tell you more about. 
because Robert was instrumental in, in starting the project and writing the first book about the Zerberans. But as a result of us taking Jonathan up to Bull's Museum to see an exhibition entitled Shafts of Light, which we curated there in 2014, Jonathan obviously realised that yeah. there was great value in this art, although Jonathan himself obviously is a lover and collector of Spanish, Spanish art. Spanish art, yes. Uh, he'd, he'd acquired the building, the old Bank Chambers building, the corner of the marketplace, yes, yes. and he actually called and asked Robert if we could use that building for a mining art gallery. I, I know, it's a, it's a fantastic collection, isn't it? Yeah. It's a fantastic collection. Yeah. It ranges from sort of tiny little works of art, little sketches, to fantastic yeah. collection of prints and lithographs, to watercolours, tempera oil. An amazing collection of art. Yeah. So, 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 Bob, just, just tell us a little bit about the Zerbrons. Um, well, the Zerbrons uh, first came uh, under threat, shall we say, uh, in, 19, in 1995, as long ago as that. Uh, and yeah. so they did uh, an inventory of all the sea houses, all the bishops' palaces, etc., um, in the country. Uh, and Bishop Orkle, of course, is one of the biggest, in fact, if not the biggest. And they were looking at the assets. And one of the disposable assets was this group of pictures, um, Zerber and uh, Jacob and his 12 sons. Uh, and uh, they said that these were under threat, uh, that they would, uh, sell, they would sell them off um, uh, at, at some point in time um, uh, to, to raise money for their pension fund. Uh, now, they gave us a, um, a stay of execution, and if we could make the palace pay for itself in terms of its commercial uh, viability, um, then they would be safe. But however, when Bishop Tom Wright suddenly resigned in 2008, I think it was, or 2007, or thereabouts, uh, they took the opportunity to sort of slip them out under the radar, and we found they'd been put into the sale at Sotheby's in London that year, and so they were sneaking them out, basically. Um, which was, seemed a little bit unfair and that was when I wrote a letter to the, um, the Northern Echo and was absolutely amazed by the response not only from local people but from people nationally uh, and I'd already been writing a book um, about the Serbians and why they were there the real reason why they were there um, which wasn't just as you know the assets of a rich man they were for a very philanthropic reason um, and a very altruistic reason uh, and uh, at that point in time I phoned a Bishop Tom Wright who said he would, uh, he, uh, for, he would um, half the, the, the money with me. And he, would go, he would fund half of it and I would fund half of the book. And so we did and I published it. And I sent out 286 copies as far and wide as I could think in terms of uh, museum directors, yes. um, leaders of the Jewish church, um, uh, uh, Christian church, etc., etc. Um, but I didn't send one to Jonathan Ruffer because I didn't even know his existence at that point in time. So how he got hold of a copy um, uh, uh, to, to know about it, I don't know. And that's a piece of the jigsaw we yet have to, to sort out between us. Um, however, uh, one morning, which was uh, around April Fool's time uh, on, uh, in 2012, um, at about half past seven in the morning, uh, the telephone rang. Uh, and this voice was at the other end, a very posh voice, uh, saying, Oh, my name is Ruffer, um, and uh, I live at Ugly Hall, Ugly. Now, Ugly Hall, Ugly, Ruffer. Um, and uh, he wanted to give me £15 million, which was the asking price for the pictures. Um, uh, I, I wasn't inclined to think this was a genuine call. However, uh, I just said, OK. He said, he said, I'd like to come and see you. He said, right, OK, when will you be in Bishop Auckland? He said, today. I said, fine. I said, well, what time would you like to come around? He said, I'm standing outside your house now. And so that was, that was our first introduction. He'd not seen the pictures at that point in time. 
um, uh, but he knew all about them, he said, from reading the book. And so that was where it, it, it started and that was what sort of put us into action. And the rest is history, as it were. Yeah. Um, and he and I uh, went down to London um, to actually clinch the deal. Uh, and the other little, little story about that was we'd sat waiting for the church commissioners nearly all day. Uh, and I said to Jonathan, Look, Jonathan, I'll have to go because my train is about due. I said, I said, why am I here? He said, Bob, you're here to count the number of noughts on the cheque. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my sole role. That's the sort of thing that uh, Jonathan would say. Uh, I mean, I've interviewed Jonathan a, a few times. Well, what a, what a great story. And, and history and heritage is what today's yeah. all about. So people can come uh, and uh, see you. Uh, we, we're here till sort of mid-afternoon, four o'clock, I think, yes, some, something right, like that. Right. Yeah, don't forget, though, to visit the Mining Art Gallery, which is open from Wednesday to Sundays from 10 till 4pm, I believe. Yeah. It's £5 entry fee for adults, and it's free if you have an annual pass. Well worth a visit. Absolutely it is, and it's a fantastic collection. Look, thank you very much for your time, both, uh, and uh, great stories. Great, great stories, and uh, just just keep keep up the good work. Well, and and a thank you, a big thank you to Jonathan Ruffer, who had the foresight to use his money to do something which was much more beneficial than uh, than just you know hoarding it or whatever, you know, which has been a great asset not only to uh, keeping the pictures but also to the heritage and the, the well-being of this town.